What up, y'all? You're listening to the Gabacho Borracho U.S. Soccer Talk Podcast with your host, Thomas Miller and Corey Adair. Your go-to podcast for gambling on soccer and hot, hot, hot U.S. men's national team takes. Take it away. Go, go, USA! Gratefully claims it. Distribution. Brilliant. Landon Donovan. Or if things on here for the USA, can they do it here? Cross. And Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan has scored. Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! Certainly through. Oh, it's incredible. up y'all you're listening to the gabacho borracho u.s soccer talk podcast with your host thomas miller and Corey adair your go-to podcast for gambling on soccer and hot 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 u.s men's national team takes take it away go go usa gratefully claims it distribution brilliant landon donovan or things on here for the usa can they do it here and Dempsey is denied again, and Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! Certainly through! Oh, it's incredible! All right, and welcome to the next episode of the Gabacho Borracho U.S. Soccer Talk podcast. As always, it is Corey Adair at DJ Corfo 7 on the Twitterverse, and I am here with Dan Angel at Dan Angel 11 and Thomas Miller at Don Thomas Miller, like we do every week. How are we doing today, guys? Good. Yep, doing all right. Watching two Iowa games at once. One's yeah, going watch, Watching your one true love, Caitlin Clark, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> she's my, she's the Iowa Livy Don, and... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I swear i can't go 72 hours without you texting me something about caitlin clark i mean can you blame yeah. her? she's really freaking good she is good oh dude, she's, she's, that was we we talked i don't know if it got on air last week but it's like like why wouldn't she come back for another year next year i think she has another year and i really think they can make more money in nil nil deals than they do at WNBA because uh i looked it up and it was like average salary for WNBA is like 60,000 or something, maybe 40. I don't know, something like that. There's players making less than $10,000 a season. Well, the and max contracts 244,000 or something like that. I, I I'm almost positive that any major college player, female basketball player is making way more of that in nil, right? I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say way more than that, but I'll say that if you're one of the big sports in college, which obviously is football, men's basketball. I would throw volleyball and women's basketball as the other two, right? Maybe baseball right. at certain schools. Hockey, hockey for sure. But now you're getting into a hyper-regional thing. True, yeah. true. Right? Lacrosse, yeah. lacrosse is huge in the Northeast. Hockey Correct. is huge in the Northern Midwest. Yep. And yeah. the Northeast wrestling is huge in tornado alley into the rust belt. Sure. You know, so yeah. those, but those are regional. Yeah. I would, I would venture to say that 
Caitlin Clark at Iowa specifically, especially with her fame, like with the way that she is represented and perceived in Iowa City, I bet you she could hit around the median market at Iowa. Not not even just in Iowa City. I mean, she's no. from West Des Moines. Yep. She's from she's from Iowa, plays at Iowa, but like uh went to Dowling. Yeah, we we see we see things about it all the time where like uh if if Corey, if you like read local newspapers or anything, like regional newspapers, like she she literally has like a following that's like nationwide. It's it, it kind of reminds me of what Lexi Sun had for Nebraska volleyball. Right. A lot of people followed her and she I think she hit six digits in NIL for her senior year. And she was like a rotational player at that point because of all the recruits that John Cook brings in, just the juggernaut. Which, which, which makes you wonder what somebody like a Jordan Larson or a Sarah Pavan um, would have done if the NIL had been mm-hmm. around when they were playing. Yep. Yeah. But Caitlin Clark's, I would say, better than both of them. And has a following. I don't. I don't know. Um, Jordan Jordan Larson um, was pretty damn amazing in volleyball. I think she played for the U.S. national team. Yeah. Yeah. On a college. On a college. will be an Olympian. She'll be a WNBA All Star. Sure. I don't think. I don't think there's anything like anybody would like well, uh, argue that. I mean, like she's got she's got Steph Curry type game as as a female. And right? I also think she has you know in the military what they call time and grade. Right. She has been a superstar for long enough now to where everybody knows her name. Yeah. And that, and that's where NIL just sells itself. Mm-hmm. Right. You, you, you have to pitch NIL to recruits and, and then she they just don't just have a, a game. She literally just shot an air ball as we're like hyping her up. But Good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, like uh, I'll say like LeBron, like have your opinion of what you want. He's he's tweeted about K- Caitlin Clark, you know, like. Major, major, major movers and shakers in the social media world and the world in general have have noticed her game. And it's I'm going to put it like this, man. Decoldis Crawford came out with a commercial without ever even seeing the field. So, yep, and he transferred. That's what I wanted to know. Yeah, yeah, uh, he did. Are those commercials like they're still going to air? What? Because <laughs> you know they paid so much for those commercials, dude. He, he's down at La Tech now, so I'm sure he'll get a commercial <laughs> commercial made down there. But but the 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 point I'm making is that they. NIL can make money for people who've never even played. It, it, it's it's yeah, almost yeah. like a snowball effect, right? You make the snowball at the top of the hill, you push it down. The the ability to make that snowball bigger is your stardom. And Caitlin Clark is in full-fledged stardom mode. So I, I would be very curious because I think NIL has to be reported publicly eventually because numbers keep coming out on that type of stuff. So I would be very curious to see what she's currently making because if she came back for her senior year, I can almost guarantee you with her reputation she could bump it up at least 30 35 percent from wherever it's at right now yeah so i i think i think you're onto something i think it's worth watching yeah i like that's the other thing like i don't know what else like uh dan maybe you can help me out i mean who would even be the WNBA players making max contracts like Mm -hmm. diana tarasi (laughs) yeah she's still playing i don't even know but like that's a very low that's a very very low salaried yeah, I, I really thought it was higher. I yeah, like, it being on, like only about um, see, fourteen players in the WNBA earn more than two hundred thousand a year. Like Elena, Elena Del Don, um, mm-hmm. earns two hundred thirty-five um thousand a year. Um, Sky, Skylar Diggins, same thing. Yeah, like, there aren't that many highly pay, highly paid women. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think. 
I think that really does open the door for NIL in women's college basketball. I think I think that could actually, you know, typically things happen in a chronological, sequential, like linear motion. But that sport might be the sport where it happens in a reverse effect, where stars make more money on NIL in college, and it forces the WNBA to make changes. Yeah, yeah, and you which get, would be great. I think, I think I think all women's sports kind of fall into that because, like, uh, college softball is is watch more. I don't even know if there is a professional softball league. There was for a while. Yeah. I don't know either. And uh, like wrestling, volleyball, there's no professional volleyball league, you know? Right. Like, so if they're making money there, like, I don't yeah. know, sign yeah. them to a 10 year contract and let them play. <laughs> only, only 55 um, players in the WNBA make six figures. Wow. That's pretty wild, man. Yeah. And this this was last this was last year's number, so it might be more now, but and it's crazy. They're on it's on national TV like yeah. every weekend, at least two, three games when they're and in. And it has NBA backing. Season. Yeah, it has NBA backing. How much they they have to be making a lot of money to put a game on ABC. You know what I mean? Like wouldn't you well, think? I mean the XFL and the USFL also put their games on ABC Fox <laughs> and they're not making a lot of money. I've, I've been watching great entertainment welcome, though. I've been watching the welcome to Wrexham and the average player in the national league, which is the fifth division in England soccer makes like mm-hmm. 50,000 a year. Right. And some players make probably as much as the, the top in WNBA stars. I mean, it's mm-hmm. crazy. There has yeah. to be, there has to be TV money that could be allotted to them. Like I, I just think, I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, maybe this is what makes them change, but maybe, yeah, we'll maybe, see. but, at, but at the same time, I mean, the WNBA is just not going to inspire um, the kind of fans that co- women's college basketball will, because right. I mean, like people are going to care about Iowa women's basketball. People are not going to care as much about the Chicago Sky. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, that could be a fun game where because <laughs> I, I don't want to hate on it, but like. We could yeah. like try to guess the nicknames of every WNBA city. <laughs> Cause I know like a couple off the top of my head, LA sparks. Yeah. <laughs> After that, I have no idea. Like, I mean, I would have to really think about it. There's one in Minnesota, the Lynx. Yep. The Lynx are in Minnesota. Yeah. Atlanta's Atlanta's the dream. Dallas is the wings. Washington's wings. the mythics. Yeah. yeah. New York, New York, the Liberty, Seattle storm. So the WNBA has more teams that don't end in an S for their mascot than the NBA. <laughs> oh yeah, and it used to it used to be even more because um, like Port um there was the Miami Soul, the Portland Fire, um the Utah Stars with two Z's. I am now convinced it was a concerted effort. <laughs> it might have been. Like it. it seems like it. There, there was the Charlotte Sting, the Detroit Shock. Yes. See, okay, yeah, they were trying to do this. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> All right. So getting getting back to our bread and butter. Uh, the only the, I mean, the one real big thing that happened this week was Jesse Marsh got got shit canned and we saw it coming. You know, I I, I realigned myself last week with Leeds USA yeah. and we even talked about it last week about how this was right over the horizon. This was something that we fully expected to happen. It just was going to take that one. I mean, he really was going to have to pretty much get a point out of every single match for like the next seven matches and probably win half of them for him mm-hmm. to not lose his job. It was, it was getting to the point where it was inevitable. Really. I mean, when relegation death marsh tra- trends on social media. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, 
but yeah. he, he gets canned and it's the latest you know firing of a manager in the prem what are what are your guys's thoughts what are your takes uh what, what are we what are we feeling about this um <clears throat> i watched the game against non-am forest on saturday or sunday whatever it was but and they were lifeless man i watched the game against man united looked like a totally different team Dude, so it like looked they're, like- they're getting tired of his that that's just what happens in soccer they get you get you get tired of like whatever is being drilled into your head by somebody when you're not getting results. And uh, they were lifeless against Nottingham. By the way, big props to Nottingham Forest. I think we shat on them early in the season and we're like, this team fucking sucks. And they're like, they're in a really good position, by the way. Come on, you trees. Shout out to VFC. Uh, And I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, the Jesse Marsh move, it had to happen. If you watch the game on the weekend, you knew it was coming. You can't you can't be making signings and trying to stay up in the Premier League, be in 17th place and then, you know, lose to Forest, even though Forest has been better, like I said, especially at home uh, on the road. They're a totally different story, but uh, you can't you just cannot have that result after having major signings in the January window. So, all right. Yeah, and, Jesse Marsh. And I and I and I agree over the last, you know, probably three weeks before the world cup window. And ever since then, they just have not, they do not look like the team that we saw the first month of the season. Yeah. They had uh four matches in a row. It was home to West Ham, home to somebody else, away to Villa, away to Nottingham Forest. And they got two points out of those four games right before Marsh got fired. So you, you just cannot do that when you're in a relegation battle and your team's spending money like crazy to stay in the premier league. Right. Yeah. Although it is a little bit um, odd that they bring in a bunch of guys who are expected to fit well with him, and then they mm-hmm. don't see it out. Yeah. It's like, what was the point of going after those types of players in the transfer window if you're not going to bother to see it through? I mean, if that's what you would plan to do anyway, then fire him midway through the transfer window and bring in guys who are going who might mesh with um, the direction that you want to go with. Yeah. They they played without an um, an official manager uh, midweek versus Man United at uh, what's it called Old Stamford Trafford Bridge Old Trafford Old Trafford. <laughs> Stamford Bridge that it's might get that might, that, that might uh, get you beat up in the wrong alley <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I said that uh, yeah and they they looked way is that better. a strike is that a strike that's that's a strike that is yes that was, that was bad that was bad bad uh, and they looked they looked really good they they have a ton of talent man like. I think it's crazy to say this about a team that concedes so many goals, but they have talent on every single end except for striker. They do not have a striker that's going to like for sure. It It's like, I guess it's kind of like West Ham too, like with Kamaka and Antonio, like there's just not a striker that like you can just send the ball into and, and think uh, there's a goal coming up, you know? And, and that's what, that's what Leeds has right now. But like, I, I think we mentioned it last week. I think they're better than a lot of the teams are competing for, against uh, for, uh not for relegation i guess to to avoid relegation so i think i i think they're gonna be safe especially if they get some sort of manager they're gonna get they're gonna get some english guy that's been on like five different teams and he's gonna he's gonna keep them out i think i think i think well, I, can, I think i think there's a certain amount of youth too with this side that yeah. too you know like i i i mean our guys are all young 
Aaron's, yeah. I know Aaronson is on the downturn. He has not been performing well. He's officially coming in off the bench, but he still is playing almost every match. So it's yeah. not it's not like he's lost so much favor to where he's not even playing minutes anymore. He still is coming in, but he hasn't been as good. But our other our, our you know the other two midfielders, they're gonna play probably every minute. Yeah, every valuable minute. Jack Harrison, I don't know how old he is, but he's been solid for I mean, they, yeah, they, he's they, like twenty five. Yeah, he's like he's younger. He's not yeah. old for sure. And how old? I don't know. I don't think he's been playing, but Rodrigo, I think, even has a little bit of youth to him. Yeah, he's been out. That's been one of their big things. He's been hurt. Uh, there's a guy who's like Cunningwood, Cunningham, or Cunningham. Or there's there, the, the the point is is there's there's transfer market value there. They're not mm-hmm. they're not an old. It, it, okay, I think what I'm trying to get at is the way that say Lester is built versus the way that Leeds is built they're opposites but they both should not be in relegations you know so i think nor I everton think... <laughs> <laughs> nor should everton but they have been the last two seasons you just kind of get on that run when you're not when you're not chelsea and you're not liverpool and man city like you just have to grind it out a few seasons it happens all the time yeah yeah and i i do think the writing was on the wall i think that this side came out super energetic to start the season was looking good, and then something just some I don't know what happened, but they just stopped producing. I it really was just they stopped scoring goals and stopped getting results out of it, and then they yeah. just lost all confidence. And they've looked like a completely different side for a while now. So it was it was inevitable, and it was nice to see that that youth and potential come through in their first match without Marsh because even though Jesse like my my hope for Leeds didn't rest on Jesse Marsh. It rested on the ascension of our three midfielders that play for them. Yeah. Right. Because 2026 hinges on the players, not on the manager. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I want to say too, that like, I watched like almost 180 minutes of the last two Leeds games, almost the entire game, both times. McKinney came off the bench in the first game and then started midweek. And he's, he's so, he's funny, dude. Like, he yeah. has the physicality that a Premier League player needs, and but like he's he's still trying to like hone it in and understand what the refs are going to call. I mean, like he was in the middle of everything against the that match against Manchester United, like like scuffles, yellow cards. Like, dude, I lo- I love me some Weston McKinney. Like, I love that dude. He's awesome, man. You know what I love more than Weston McKinney? Hmm. Weston McKinney in the Prem. <laughs> yeah dude the Me guy too. is physically built for the physicality of the premier league yeah and his personality lends to the shithousery that is needed yeah you saw that in that manchester united match you saw him schmoozing up with the ref and maybe it helps maybe it helps that he's in the premier league so the communication barrier is a little bit less with the ref and he yeah. can get it a little bit better there you know maybe right. maybe that has a positive effect but he, I, I i can't remember i think it was fred no, it was either no, it was either Fred or Bruno Fernandez. I don't remember. But the ref called a foul on him for for tackling a Man United player, and he goes up to the ref and is like, "Dude, the guy likes to flop. That wasn't a foul. How do you? Mm-hmm. How, how was that a foul? No, like I, I want." And then the way he did it because he's always trying to be buddy buddy with everybody. He's you know wanting to put his arm around him. Like no, no, no. Explain to me. I need to know how was that a foul so I don't do it next time. Type of type of edit. It's perfect for the prem. Yeah. Yeah. When it does get into, you know, a uh, Simeone style of physicality, 
in league play, he's going to, he's going to hold up. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, I, I agree hundred percent. Like the cameras should always stay on him because like whenever there's a dead ball, like you're going to see him working the refs, working whoever. And it's, it's, it's really, it's really joyful. It's, it's really fun to watch. I love that guy. And then you, you pair him with the personality type of Tyler Adams on the field. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. I, I, this, that, that his move was what really, I know, and I know nothing lasts forever. So I know eventually these guys are going to be gone off of leads. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of stuck after that, but mm-hmm. get to watch them to play together for a club is going to, it's just, I, I love it. I love everything about it. Yeah. And it is wild that I don't even know if we said it. I mean, there was a point uh, in the second half, 70 minutes on or somewhat first man, you, uh, all three Americans were on the pitch at the same time. Yeah, there's actually a really cool photo, too, where all three of them are converging on Fred. All three of them are in the same photo. You had Aronson, McKinney, and Adams all in the same in the same photo, an action photo where they're all converging on him. And it just, I mean, it honestly, I'm a broken record at this point. What a fucking time to be alive, right? We have three Americans on the field at the same time at Old Trafford in the Premier League. Yeah. I don't yeah. – that's Pat. That's beyond my wildest dreams. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. It's fun. That's, that's why they have to stay up. Yeah, they have to stay. Up. I mean, imagine if they went down. Oh my god, dude! They would all, all three would have to be sold off, probably. Yeah, it, just because Aronson, of their wages. Aronson might stay because he came from Salzburg, but the other two came from sides where, well, McKinney's on loan, so he's definitely not getting purchased at the end of the season. He's going back to Juve, which mm-hmm. he still might, but he definitely is then. Adams is definitely getting sold, and at at worst, Aronson stays. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting uh, for your fandom. Like uh, you said, you didn't want to support a a top runner, so it'd be pretty interesting to see. Like you declared for Leeds, and if they went down the championship, I would be really interested to see if uh, you stuck with them and <laughs> went down the championship, like Dan and I have in different <laughs> leagues. Yeah, I mean, well, my, that's a my, sign of a true fan. That's a sign of a true soccer fan. My team's gone down to the freaking conference. I would buy whatever package Dan was talking about, the team specific one. The the I follow is is pretty I nice. There's no commentary. Yeah, yeah. I probably you get the I follow. You can watch Rexham on I follow. There you go. Shout out all the way down. Is Rexham on I follow? Uh, I think so. I think I think it goes all the way down. I don't, I don't I mean, think they're there yet. I, I think it's. I think you have to be a member of the football league to be on. I feel too. If they're not there, I guarantee you there's going to be an exception made next season for them. Well, well, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to well, get. Well, it should have been this season because, like, uh, the current episodes that are out, they played the 2021-2022 season. They didn't go up. They went to the playoff, but they didn't go up. They're yeah, still but they're, in the they're they're in a position now where they won't even have to play in a playoff. No, they're not. They're not. They're actually in second. Oh, got two, thought... two games in hand because they have had uh, a little bit of success in the FA Cup and they lost this week uh, to Sheffield United. And uh, so they got two games in hand, but they're three points down from the automatic automatic qualifier. So like right now they would still be in the playoff, but there's yeah. a ton of season to be played. God, the the conference is so brutal to play in is only one team making it up um, automatically and then two through five have to go through that playoff. That mm-hmm. is freaking nerve wracking. Yeah. Like having, like having to watch Bristol Rovers play in that playoff bomb um, final and have it go to penalties. That's just terrifying. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, I guess, like, what would you call it? Like, what would be an American equivalent? I don't even know. Like, just like a, yeah, like a mid-major conference tournament. It probably is the equivalent of two, because the, the regular season champion gets an NIT bid. So it's probably mm-hmm. the equivalent of two lower-seeded teams making it to the conference tournament dumb final, and the game goes into overtime. Right, yeah, absolutely. And you know that one one team goes to the NCAA tournament and the loser season is over. Yeah, yeah, I like that comparison. Yeah, I like it too. Um, there was, So there was something else about this too that, that we were going to discuss tonight, and that was in 2020, Marsh did take an interview where they asked him, would you turn down the United States men's national team job if it was offered to you? I, I believe this was shortly after Burhalter and this was when he was still at Leipzig and they were, they were just kind of talking about it. And in that interview, he said, no, I don't think I could turn it down if he was ever offered. He said, that would be, he said with the, I, I believe the quote and I'm paraphrasing here was along the lines of this talent pool is too intriguing and my style of play fits too well for me not to want to be a part of that experiment. So I'm going to throw it to you guys. How do you feel about that? Because we still don't have a coach. Mm-hmm. I don't mind if he um, if he becomes the coach. I mean, we might be able to do better, but we could certainly do a lot worse. Yeah. Okay. Here. I'll, I'll say, I'll I'll say uh, let me, I'll, I'll respond to that. Like I'll say, I think I said it on, I think we talked about it on the episode, Dan missed when he was on vacation that if we can get like, I, we maybe I'm speaking for you, Corey, but like, at least for me, I feel that after the whole fiasco with like literally from the top up, everybody getting fired, like we probably need like a, like a, maybe like an international flavor or not like a, like a, like a guy who fits in that same mold as Greg Berhalter and everything that was like uh, uh, in place in this last world cup. And if we can get anybody, I mean, we can get Mourinho, we can get Diego Simeone or we can get Pepe like why why would we not go that route like i i would not rush to hire jesse marsh i don't think he's a bad manager but at the same point he's now been fired in two straight seasons he did an amazing job an amazing job he went to leeds uh towards the end of the last season in premier league and he kept them up he he won like two three games in a row and did enough to keep leeds from being relegated so i commend him from that but uh, he has been fired uh, now two seasons in a row. Like I don't know, if, I don't even know like if I if I want any of that energy with my boys, with my kids, you know. Me see hoes. No, I I I I think there is something to be said here that kind of falls in line with what you both are saying, and that is is Jesse Marsh an upgrade from Burhalter? In my opinion, yes. Mm-hmm. But is he an upgrade enough to even just get us to the quarters, let alone semis, let alone final, let alone win final? Absolutely not. I, I, I mean, maybe, maybe he is. You know, there is the curse that no World Cup winner has been won by a nation that was coached by somebody not from their country. So, you know, maybe we, you know, maybe it does take an American for the United States to win a World Cup. I don't know. I don't know that. That's 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 all superstition. But I'm going to put it like this. I think Burhalter is just Jesse Marsh light. I don't necessarily think Marsh is a massive upgrade. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think I think he's a solid upgrade, 
but I think we can do better. Like I think Jesse Marsh, um, like you know the phrase home run higher. Um, I think Jesse Marsh would probably be somewhere between a single and a double. Right. Like, Marsh, do you want to say more? Sorry. Yeah, we we can do we can do much worse, and we certainly have in the past. Mm-hmm. But if there's if there's a bigger name, a more proven coach out there who we have a really a realistic chance to bring in as our manager for this core in 2026, go after them and keep Jesse Marsh as a solid fallback plan. Like if you go after a huge name and you can't get him and we end up with Jesse Marsh, that's fine. I mean, he is not at all a bad fallback plan, but he should not be plan A. That's yeah. I think, yeah, I think you said it best. Like, because I mean, the difference between him and Burhalter, Burhalter coach Columbus crew, correct? Right. And after that, I don't, maybe, maybe he did go to like Holland or something, right? Something like Belgium or something. But I mean, Jesse Marsh worked his way up the ladder, even if it was in the Red Bull system. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> and, and then he's been exposed to like, you know, he went to Leipzig, got fired. He went to Leeds. Now he's been fired. So he has failed at those two levels which are very difficult i i don't really put a whole lot of stock in that i mean get i mean yeah he got fired but did he really deserve to get fired i mean it seemed like gum just kind of an impossible situation um overall and i don't Mm. really think gum that i don't really think that it was um necessarily his fault either either way i'd put a little bit more on him just because of the way they played at the end of last season and the way they started the season. No, I mean, look at Leipzig. Like, like they lost like one match after he was fired last year. But like I, that, that I actually was not what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm just saying that he got to like the pinnacle, like probably the the. I mean, you're you're like, you're saying that exposure, just even being exposed. Yeah, yeah. That makes of- him. That makes him hands. I mean, you know, neck and above better than Berhalter. Berhalter yeah. got the job on. I don't even know what non-relative, you know, non-relative, non-relative, probably and <laughs> stuff like that. But like, I think, yeah, I think Jesse Marsh is a, a huge improvement, but like, a, like, like Dan had just said, like uh, if there is a bigger name that we can get who's international, I mean, that's where I would go, <laughs> you know? So I have, I have two quick things to say about this. I couldn't agree more with everything you're saying. And actually I want to kind of use Dan's, Dan's analogy there. I like that. You say Jesse Marsh is somewhere between a single and a double. I would give him a uh, a ground rule double. Basis clearing double. No, 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 no. Ground rule double. <laughs> okay. And I would give Burhalter a walk. He he walked. Um, I, would, I like, would say Burhalter. I would say Burhalter is more reached base on an error. That yeah. either way, but either way, either way. I guess the walk does take a little bit more skill, but maybe the pitcher just came out, you know, and he's not warmed up yet. You, yeah. you never know. Yeah, I mean, hit back, hit back. Yeah, hit back, you, you, yeah, hit, back you, hit, by, hit by pitch. That's what I was going to say. It's base loaded, hit by pitch, walk off. You can get <laughs> to first base on an error or a walk without doing anything off of negative results of the other yeah. person. You just, uh, you don't do anything. Well, actually, not completely true. You can't get to base on an error without putting the ball in. See, and I don't even necessarily think you can give him that credit. Okay. So <laughs> I, I would, I would say, I would say Thomas is right. Then hit batsman. Yeah. 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 He got hit by a pitch. Cause, uh, Cause a walk, a walk takes some <laughs> skill because you have to at least um, have the discipline not to swing. Whereas anyone can stand there and get drilled in the back once. 
Yeah, that's fair. I think I would give Burhalter enough credit to say that he could stand there and tell himself not to swing, and then he won't swing. Don't <laughs> <laughs> swing. It's like the really bad kid on your little league team. Like, don't don't swing. Don't don't swing. Oh, this conversation is giving me straight up rookie of the year vibes. <laughs> that's that's a mix. It's a mix of rookie and rookie of the year and Space Jam. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah absolutely. But, but no, I also what I, what universe are we living in that um, this is now two podcasts in a row where I've made a movie reference that people actually will get. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Dan's catching up. Yeah, Florida's, Florida has changed you, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, I, I don't know about everybody else. I like new Dan. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. God. <laughs> but no, there was, there was something else that you guys had just talked about too. And that's if somebody better, I, I mean, I want the home run. I don't want the base on balls. I don't want the first or second, you know, the, the, the single or double. I don't want hit by pitch. I don't want walk. I don't want error. I mm. want at least a triple that he earned. A home run, yeah. let alone in the park home. Like I want, I want somebody real. Oh, if he can get in the park home run, let's hire that guy. Well, and that that brought <laughs> me to the next thing that you know. Oh, this- I want to say one thing real quick. Like I think uh, if we all flash back to when Jurgen Klinsman was hired, we all thought that like, oh, we got that home run, right? I mean, when he was hired, dude, it, it flamed out, flamed out bad. Yes, but long term effect of hiring Jurgen Klinsman. Has yeah, been he changed the federation. That, that's true. That's true. His long-term effect is going to be felt for the next 20 years. Yep. So he was exactly what we needed at that time. Yeah. You know, easy comparison. I'm hoping Matt rules what we need right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would say, I would say, like, uh, if it was between Jose Mourinho and Jesse Marsh, I might pick Jesse Marsh because, like, Mourinho has – he's never – I don't know if he's coached on the national level, national team level. I don't think he has – but he has like a tendency to burn things to the ground by the time he leaves. And like, I think Jesse Marsh would take the job so seriously that he wouldn't do that, you know, but That's I mean, fair. if, if, it, if there's some other big names, if it is Pep Guardiola, if it is Diego Simeone or whoever, you know, then I think I would lean towards the big name. Those situations. Yeah, I, I can totally respect that. He has a, he has a total, I'm, doing everything i possibly can to get you into as much trouble as i possibly can on the way out yeah yeah he, he has that toxic x type yeah. of to him <laughs> but i am gonna ask this out of out of the ones that we did throw around that day what side and this is random this isn't on the list but what side what what manager right now do you think is most likely out of these top five to ten managers which one of them is most likely to not be wanted by their club enough to leave to be hired by the United States? Dude, I'll go back to what I said that day. I mean, I, I really see Atletico de Madrid going in a different direction. They've had Simeone forever now. They've kind of stalemated, like, at the best. Like, they're kind of almost rock bottom with him at this point. Like, I think he's gone, man. And if, if, if we're going to wait until June or July to hire somebody, if he's out there, like the, the only thing, like they say uh, Tata Martino didn't get the job because he didn't speak English. I, I think Simeone speaks English. I don't know. Like I, that, I, I, I'm pretty sure he does. Like, like I don't know. Like he's and lived in Europe for a long time. So that was exactly why I brought it up too, because your feelings on Simeone there, I feel really similarly about Klopp. 
Jurgen Klopp. You think, I'm, yeah, I could see him getting. Yeah, I could see him getting dismissed. They've been, they've been bad this year. Not necessarily dismissed, just because of you know him finally winning the Premier League. You know, that, that taking them. If that years. happens, if it happens, yeah, that's all they really have to play for right now. They're they're no, so no, no, far no. out. I'm saying him winning it a couple years ago and it being the first time in 30 years. Oh, okay. That 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 has that resonates. You know that that has this resonating type of thing to it, to where I don't necessarily think people are going to want to move on from him. But he's put himself in a situation where if somebody, the, the main thing is if somebody offers him, he would be willing to leave because of the position he's in. I feel like right. him and Pep are both in that that type of situation because right. Pep hasn't won the Champions League and he's drifting further behind Arsenal. Klopp has hit a brick wall. And they're not moving anywhere towards winning winning the league this year, and they're not moving anywhere towards winning Champions League. They don't look like a good side this year. Typical, you know, typical to him being their manager. I think both of those names are, and Simeone too, are names of managers who've been underachieving to this point. Where if somebody offered them, they might take it. Right. Yeah. So that was just that was my random thought because I felt like Simeone fit into that type of category. Perfectly, like exactly what with what you were saying there, Thomas. What about somebody like Steve Chirundalu? Not enough experience. Not enough experience. I, I'm on the same with him. He just he just started. Yeah, like he's a name that's been thrown out. Like if we're hiring an American coach, it needs to be someone who has coached in more than one place for multiple years, and preferably has coached um both in the U.S. and in Europe. Which yeah. I think would be Justin Marsh. If we're going to hire a U.S.-based coach, it should be Marsh. You're probably right about that. Right. Like, they, no matter how much we're shitting on the idea of him and, and making it sound like a mediocre hire, if we are going to stick with an American manager, I feel like it has to be. I agree. I agree. Him or Claudia Arena. <laughs> Just kidding. No. Just kidding. Oh, Just oh kidding. good Lord. <laughs> Let's go full toxic. go. <laughs> But I don't know. Is there anything more that you guys want to want to talk about on that whole topic? No, I mean, I th- I think um it makes a lot of sense on what we've said that Marsh would probably be about a B to B plus higher, but we can go for the A grade and we should. <laughs> yeah, I think there's enough money there to go for an A higher and and enough opportunity there. I mean, we're hosting the World Cup and we have a lot of talent on that. Got to the round of 16 with a coach who didn't know what the heck he was doing, quite frankly. I think think, this should be a very attractive opening. Yeah, I think maybe we've said it before, too, that the opportunity to be the coach who leads USA to like World Cup title or like a final or a semifinal. I mean, the way that these guys like, you know, you have to have a certain arrogance to be a coach in soccer, I think. And that opportunity, like... I really think like almost almost no name is is off the board. You know what I mean? Like, and who wouldn't want to be that coach? Yeah, I mean, like if like if this country managed to win a World Cup, like the U.S. would become a soccer loving nation beyond all doubt. I mean, there's definitely some schools of thought that say we're already there. Which, I mean, I don't know. Judge, judge for yourself. Like, there's certainly a lot of people in this country who love this sport and genuinely follow it very closely. But I mean, soccer would explode even further if we ever managed to win a World Cup. And to be the person who can basically say, "I help make America a soccer-loving nation," 
I mean, how do you compete with that on a resume? Yeah, I think, yeah, a coach who would win, you're, you're getting academies named after you from, mm-hmm. from now to 50 years from now. You, yeah. might, Dude, you might literally have schools named after you. I Seriously. was just going to say, I was just going to say the street in front of that academy building. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very, what, what what's like, what do I want to say? Like, it's like, it's a legacy builder. Yeah. It's a legacy builder. It's like a, yeah, it's like an opportunity that people who want that sort of thing in their life, which are most football managers, they want it. So like, I think anybody we reach out to would very definitely seriously think about accepting the offer. Here's, I I got two quick things to say. And the first one is you guys are absolutely right. The only question I have, like it's going to take a certain personality type to where they would be willing to do that for a different country than their own. And I know that I know that a lot of these managers that we've talked about are from countries that have already won World Cups. So it's not the same, but the glory of coaching their home nation to a World Cup would be that type of pride level thing. So it would take a personality that would be willing to invest them, invest themselves emotionally into being the first one for another nation to do it. And that could take some uniqueness now where I kind of go opposite was the second part there, which is if we do this right and we make that grand slam higher, it's almost, and this ties into what Dan was saying, it's almost like an investment on the future because if we can get a Simeone or a Mourinho or a Klopp or a Pep, doesn't matter who, at this point, the name doesn't matter. We get to that level make it just make it to a world cup final because the one thing americans love to root for is a winner unless they win too much and then we love to root for the underdog but but we i mean, I mean <laughs> or unless they wear the um, red white and blue like if they wear usa <laughs> across their chest it yes. doesn't matter how much yeah. they win i mean i'm just like, i was just saying in general i know i know but by that same token do you know anyone who roots against usa basketball no, 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 no. And I was going to say oh, we're track and field. We're the perpetual <laughs> underdog in soccer, too. True. So it, it, yeah. it's this double whammy. It's it's the red, white, and blue. We're the underdog. We've never been here before. So if we could get there, let's say we pay – we should honestly pay more money than what we have for the right manager because once we get there, the revenue just explodes. The top just pops off. Right. No, we're, we're sponsored by Nike. We have – all the money in the world. <laughs> yes, we do. But I'm talking about r- rate of, you know, ROI income based yeah. for the United States men's national team versus what we spend on a manager. I yeah. cross that threshold because I can promise you what Dan said was right. What you're saying is right. We get to that level. You reach God status. You reach Michael Jordan status. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, just a, just a quick answer. Like, it's like, I don't think it has to be necessarily Diego Simeone's from Argentina, Jose Mourinho's from Portugal, like they, but they both have that sort of thing. They're where they're like, look, look what I did. I did this for you. You know, like I'm the chosen one. I'm the chosen one. I did this. The, look, look at your country now. Like, thanks to me, I can be a hundred years old and, and like Dude, the Zlatan shit. people are still going to, yeah. People are still going to remember me. They're going to be like, everything changed when Jose Mourinho became a manager, you know? Heroes are remembered, but legends never die. Yeah. Yep. True. R.I.P. R.I.P. Field of Dreams. That was <laughs> strike two. The Sandlot? Yes. No. That's Field of Dreams. No. It's when 
the, he has the like dream where Babe Ruth shows up. Remember, kid, heroes get remembered, but legends never die. Okay, all right. <laughs> Little dreams had a similar. Thing. <laughs> I don't know. All right, let's move on to our picks. All right, so let's go ahead and get to our picks for the week, weekend, following week. I've got games from Saturday all all the way through Monday, and I'm gonna go ahead and start it off with a single line item. And this is on Saturday. And I'm going to take Arsenal and Brentford, both teams to score at minus 105. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. like it. Um, I'm going to do a single line item from Saturday too, the early kickoff in the Premier League. Uh, the over two and a half goals um, has hit in each of Chelsea's last nine EPL Saturday day matches as a favorite. And, uh, they are visiting West Ham who loves to give up goals that could score some too. So uh, for whatever reason, this over two and a half is at plus 130. Uh, so I guess whoever makes these odds in Europe is kind of seeing this game a little bit different, but uh, I'm seeing this as an over two and a half. I like it. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. For my first play, I'm going into the Bundesliga and I'm going to back Borussia Dortmund and over two and a half goals at plus 135 against Werder Bremen. The last time these teams met, um, Bremen pulled two goals out of their ass at the end and pulled off a three to two win. I think Dortmund is going to have a score to settle after that. I do think that taking Dortmund and both teams to score at plus 200 offers more value, but I am a little bit worried about the possibility of Bremen getting blanked. I do think there will be at least three goals. So I think that's the safer play. And yeah, I'll take um, Dortmund and over two and a half at plus 135. Can I jump ahead of you, Corey? Because I have one very similar to that. Yeah, go for it. All right. So uh, I'm on kind of the same track as you, Dan. Um, I am looking at both teams. The score has hit in 15 of the last 16 Bundesliga matches between Brennan, Bremen and Dortmund. Um, but, uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to play that. I know you're going the over. Yeah. Uh, you're a little bit worried about, uh, order getting shut out. I mean, honestly, um, yours is probably on the more value play there anyway. Yeah. And I mean that on its own is minus 190. Uh, so then I'm, I'm going to give Dortmund a little bit of a leeway too, um, with the double chance <laughs> those play together minus one. Nice. There you go. All right. So. My next play, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a two-leg parlay. I'm gonna take West Ham double chance at home against Chelsea. Just don't lose. That's 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 where I I feel like I'm risking it a little bit. But I'm gonna take West Ham double chance. I don't think Chelsea's been. I I don't know. I I just I think they both are underachieving terribly. And then I'm gonna take Newcastle money line at Bournemouth at minus one eighty. Parlay those together comes out to plus one fifty. Nice. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Go ahead, Dan. All right. My next one, I'm going to go um, Airbe Leipzig against um, Union Berlin, and I'm going to play both teams to score there at even money. And we usually have a good battle with um, Leipzig, and it usually produces a fair amount of goals. So I'm thinking that getting even money for both of these teams finding the net in that situation, that's a pretty solid play. Yeah. I like it too. Uh, Leipzig, yeah, they just had a 0-0. So, like, I think they're due for about a three or four goal game. <laughs> Don't say that to me. <laughs> I mean, we're sitting one point out of first place, but <laughs> they're three points behind us. 
oh, this is going to be such a dogfight down the end. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And, and we nice still, to see and somebody we still have to go to Bayern. It's nice to see some whoever it is, even your teams, Freiburg. Somebody, I mean, Freiburg just got killed this last weekend, but like, I mean, somebody who's not Bayern Munich. Yeah. yeah. Anybody, anybody. anybody. Bayern Munich versus the world. Come on. Somebody else win. I don't care. It'd be fantastic to see anyone else. <laughs> yeah. Um, for my next play, I'm going to take that Arsenal Brentford, both teams to score line. I'm going to parlay that with Manchester United money line at Leeds. I know we spent a lot of time talking about Leeds. I think that. Manchester United is in a position where they're really trying to push. And I think that this could be a little bit of revenge. That money line is minus 110. If you want to play that by itself, you parlay them together. It's plus 272. Sounds good. Sounds good. I agree with you because uh, they just drew like they, it's a, it's the rare league back to back. They just drew like Wednesday or Tuesday, two to two. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think, I think Manchester out for blood. I think they have bigger and better goals. And I think, I think I think I like that play. Yeah. Um, this one is in the EPL as well. Uh, the last three, I'm going to look at uh, Crystal Palace hosting Brighton. The last three EPL matches uh, where uh, Crystal Palace has been at home. Uh, I'm sorry, this is just in general. The last three EPL matches between Crystal Palace and Brighton have finished in a 1-1 draw. So if you wanted to play that exact score, which I'm not going to play because, uh, you know, it's iffy. Uh, one one draw is at plus five fifty, but I will play the draw uh, plus two two fifty five. There you go. Okay. Yeah, that's solid. All right. Okay. For my next storm play, I'm going to go into the Premier League, and I'm taking a look at a game that should be a pretty dull affair between Southampton and Wolverhampton. <laughs> and. I've been I've been low on Southampton all year long and I'm still I'm still riding that um that play for Southampton to finish them in the relegation zone. So I think this might be one where I get a little bit aggressive here and I take Wolves to win to nil at Dom plus three hundred. That's bad. yeah, it's aggressive. Yeah, but you're yeah. right. Southampton's it, been working out for you. They're pretty bad. <laughs> it has. I mean, and both both of these teams, like They've only scored a combined 32 goals on the season, and Wolves are coming off a um, pretty solid performance um, against Liverpool. So I think this is going to be one where Wolves grinds out one goal. I mean, if you want to be a little less aggressive and not not even worry about um, the about the result, just um, Southampton not to score, Wolves to keep a clean sheet is plus 175. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right. My next play is I'm going to go that Manchester United Leeds match. I'm going to go the opposite of what happened last time. It was a two to two draw. So I'm going to go under two and a half goals at plus 125. I think this is like a man you won nothing win. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then, yeah. I just said previously, I think, I think you're really on the right track with that one. Uh, my next one, I'm going to look at Bayern Munich hosting Bochum. Uh, uh, both teams to score uh, in, uh, has hit uh, in seven of the last eight Bayern Munich. Bundesliga matches. Also, the over two and a half has hit in 10 of the last 11 Bochum Bundesliga day matches as an away underdog. <laughs> and, and this is another one where it's like, if I say those two things and then I give the odds, it seems a little odd. So like maybe I'm on the wrong side of all of these, but maybe maybe I'm like 
finally cracking the code of soccer betting. Uh, both teams' score is at uh, plus 105. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, I can see it. I mean, Bayern's defense just hasn't been where it should be. Right. All right. So for my next play, um, I'm going to go with Fulham to win to nil at plus 220 against some Nottingham Forest. Because Forest have just three goals away from home on the season. So I think going to Craven Cottage is going to be a um, – task that's a little too tough for the visitors here i think fulham comes out with a pretty comfortable um, win they've tended to beat the teams that they should beat and with forest doing next to nothing on offense away from home a win to no play makes a lot of sense yep uh yeah uh fulham's two points off european play six only six points off uh champions league play right now as we stand and uh wild yeah in nottingham i mean i like i said they've they're feeling kind of safe right now. So yeah, I really love, I, I love that play 100%. I think I'm going to tail it 100%. I love it. All right. And for my last play, I'm going to go the, I don't know what the name of the Derby is, but Liverpool Everton, I'm going to go under two and a half at even money. Merseyside. Merseyside Derby. Oh, I knew that. I knew that. Strike 76. Oh, no, that is not a strike. I've met- That's a strike. Merseyside Derby. <laughs> Just kidding. Go ahead. But I'm going to go under two and a half. I, I just think both of these sides have been so bad at scoring goals. I know their defenses haven't been playing well either. This just, it, it just screams rivalry rock fight. Yeah. I like it. Um, my last one, um, I'm going to look at Barcelona uh, taking a trip to Villarreal. Uh, Barcelona has won each of its last 15 La Liga night matches. This is a late kickoff on Sunday, 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern. I believe that's around 10 o'clock um, in Spain. Um, and then uh, another thing I want to throw at you guys, both teams' score market has failed to hit in, se- in seven of Viral's last eight La Liga matches as an underdog. And they're a big underdog in this. Um, the, they're plus 320 even at home. Um, so I'm going to pair those two together, which is uh, Barcelona to win. Uh, and I'm going to throw, just because the under two and a half, seems super risky to me um i'm gonna just tack on the under four that still gets me to plus money at plus 114 barcelona win under four and a half total there you go makes sense all right so for my next one i'm starting to figure that if bristol rovers are going to play like this i might as well at least make some money off of it so because i mean the past four matches we have just been horrendous so I think I'm going to have to go um, with Lincoln City um, to score to score at least two goals because our terrible defense has popped up again. And the last time we played Lincoln City was back when I was on the cruise. We scored three goals that day. We lost by three. Six to three. Yes, a, a six to three match. <laughs> so, yeah, Link, Lincoln City over one and a half goals plus 120. Love it. Love it, too. All right. Well, I'm all fresh out of plays. What about you guys? I'm out. Yeah, that was my last one. <laughs> I right. mean, come on. I went into League One. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to come up with anything after that. Yeah, we need some. We need some National League plays. Oh God. Wrexham future to win the league. Love Wrexham. Um, Notts County, I believe, is in first place right now. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Yep. Solid squad. But all right. So with that, we will uh, we will let you go. And we will see you next week.
All right. Bye, guys. Peace.